T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hello there, folks. Uh, it is 6.09 in the Twin Cities, 47 degrees. Great to be back on a Saturday night. Esme Murphy here with you until 9 o'clock on a very busy news day. Obviously, the confirmation vote on Justice Kavanaugh, uh, a vote that has torn the nation apart. We are going to talk later in this hour uh, with a spokesperson for the Harriet Tubman Center just to talk about what impact this is having on domestic abuse uh, calls, uh, people asking for help. Has it slowed them? Has it created some kind of a dampening effect? What about this particular vote? And then in the 8 o'clock hour, we are going to break this down. Professor David Schultz, he is a constitutional law uh, professor, and we will have the latest from him as well. We will also talk in the 7 o'clock hour with uh, Republican 1st District nominee for the 1st District congressional seat, Jim Hagedorn. Uh, we will talk to him about his reaction and also about his race. We do want to let you know that we have invited Dan Fian, the Democratic nominee. He was unable to join us tonight, but we will have him on on a future Saturday night. So a lot going on, but it is great to be back. Great to see uh, Jonathan Lowe. Look, looking as great as ever, hanging tight here. It's been a while. Great, I don't know if I ever looked great in the first place. That's what I'm saying. Right, but it, it is it is great to be back, and there's so much to discuss. Uh, th- there's so much going on in the news, and obviously this vote uh, by 50 to 48. Uh, Lisa Murkowski uh, ended up withdrawing her vote because there was a Republican who was going to vote yes. She was going to vote no. Uh, he uh, is a senator from Montana. He had to uh, walk his daughter down the aisle. There was a wedding in Montana. They canceled their votes out. But uh, it's the closest vote for a Supreme Court justice since 1991. And that, of course, was the vote for Clarence Thomas. And a lot to talk about here and a lot to talk about about the potential impact on the upcoming midterm elections. They are just uh, really less or exactly a month away, uh, November 6th, and it remains to be seen which side is energized more. You heard in Sloan's newscast, uh, Senator Klobuchar saying, if you're upset about this, vote. And that is also with Chuck, what Chuck Schumer, the uh, majority leader, said as well. If you're upset about this, vote. But the Republicans are saying, the conservatives are saying that their base is also energized about this and about the controversy and how narrow this vote was. And so they're saying to their side, if you're upset about this, vote. And that really is the ultimate question here. Which side is the one that has the momentum going forward? Which side will capture the voters going forward and and what will happen with the midterm elections? I mean, there's there's an awful lot of questions there. There is so much at stake right here in Minnesota. So we're going to like take a really good look at that as well.
But we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with the CEO of the Tubman Center to talk about the impact of all of this on a very real problem for people, regardless of their political views, regardless of where they stand economically. Uh, domestic abuse, uh, sexual abuse uh, does not discriminate. And it's an important resource for everyone to know about. And so we'll ask her about how this is impacting those very wonderful people who are out there every single day and have been for years helping those who are trying to climb out of this desperate situation and trying to figure out exactly what they can do if they are the victims of sexual abuse. So keep it right here. You're listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. Hey, folks, it is 618 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. Great to be back on a Saturday night. I feel a little rusty here, uh, but I guess it's sort of like riding a bicycle. You've been away for a little while. You can still ride it, maybe not quite as well. But anyway, it's great to be back with you and, and such an important night. There is so much news happening. Obviously, uh, the extraordinary vote, the Saturday vote in the United States Senate, uh, the Senate voting 50 to 48 to confirm Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, joining us right now is Jennifer Polson. She is the CEO of the Harriet Tubman Center, uh, a, an organization that has been helping women and men, victims of abuse, uh, for so many years in this community. They really are an extraordinary resource. And I really, when I was talking about this show with uh, the, our producer, I, I just said I'd really like to talk to uh, one of these organizations, and certainly Tubman has been front and center for so many years, as I said, about the impact on people coming forward. Uh, are there more people coming forward? Are there fewer? Are people intimidated? Will this vote intimidate people? Uh, what about those who are being accused of abuse? Uh, Jennifer Polson, joining us right now, CEO of Tubman. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate your time this Saturday night. Oh, Esme, thank you so much for uh, having me and having this conversation for your listeners. Well, well let, let me ask you, because this is, this is so hard and so difficult and so prevalent. And as I said before, this cuts across every socioeconomic group. It affects men. It affects women. It affects children. What it, I mean, you are in the trenches. You are the people who are doing the work and helping people who need help. What, what has it been like for, for, for your organization? Well, um, I can tell you that we dug into the numbers a little bit. And in the last two weeks, we have seen a 39% increase in the number of calls to our 24-7 helpline than that same time period just a year ago. Wow. Um, in Th- the that is, I mean, that months, is extraordinary. 39% for that same period uh, over yeah. a year. That, that's remarkable. Absolutely. Now, in the last two months, it's been an 11% increase compared to a year ago. And so uh, whether or not it's tied directly, um, it's certainly there are more people who are talking about it. Um, I am. Uh, it gives me hope that people are seeking help and reaching out. Although I have to say that um, when survivors are um, not believed or are feeling 
uh, re-victimized by the conversation, whether it be in the media or um, in testimony in high-profile cases or whatever it may be, or are uh, worse, are being mocked for coming forward, that does send a really clear message. And you did a beautiful job of uh, letting people know that domestic violence, sexual assault, these issues know no boundaries of socioeconomics or culture, um, any of those things. I would also add that they know no political boundaries, right? And we have, I mean, uh, Republicans and Democrats and independents um, alike, unfortunately, are assaulted. Um, people who use violence are identified as being from every political party. I would also say that all of our supporters, right? So this issue knows no bounds. Um, I just want to uh, be really clear about that because in these really highly politicized times, it's hard sometimes to um, be able to say, wait a minute, there, there's common ground here and all people deserve to be safe. And um, the flip side of the higher uh, number of calls and the demands that we've seen um, does give me a lot of hope, which is that we have also had people reach out and say, you know what, I am so frustrated with what I'm hearing that I want to help. How can I help? Wow. And so we have seen um, more people say, what can I do? Will my $5 make a difference? Um, can I volunteer? Um, can you send a speaker to my workplace or um, can you come to my kid's school and talk about healthy relationships or the signs to look for? So um, there is uh, potentially, um, I guess, if we have to look at uh, silver linings, whenever uh, we realize that domestic violence is still happening all these years later, um, the fact is that the conversation is elevated. And so um, sometimes that can be re-traumatizing to people when you're going through it yourself. Um, and it can also, I think the thing that I've heard repeatedly from supporters is I just want people to know they're not alone. Wow. All right. You know something, uh, and I'm facing a pretty stiff deadline here um, with you. And I just wanted, because I, I feel like I could talk to you for half an hour about this because I'm, I'm blown away by that increase. It, it, it's stunning. And we are going to have a report here at the bottom of the hour from CBS News on the Kavanaugh vote. Of course, he was approved by the United States Senate. Um, but I do want to ask like flat out, I mean, the most important thing, if somebody listening to us right now, and we have a huge audience uh, many, many people in, in numerous states, who who should people call and, and where can they turn? Because I, I want to get that out Yes. There. So listeners um, all across the state, there is a, a hotline people can call. That number is 1-866-223-1111. And at that number, um, you will get connected to the resource that uh, is a good fit for you, whether it be shelter, legal services. Um, there is somebody on that line who can do a safety plan with you and who can help. People can also learn more if they go to our website, which is tubman.org. And, and let me, and I don't mean to put you on the spot um, because we, especially on the weekends, have um, you know a, a huge reach here with our signal. Um, for those many people who are listening in other states, um, 
should they just Google, you know, sexual assault help? Or, they or... certainly can. Um, the National Network to End Domestic Violence um, is a great resource. But if you call this number, they can also put you in touch so that you don't have to make another phone call. They can also connect okay. you to the resource in your state. Oh, that, that's that's fabulous. Okay, 866-223-1111. Um, I, I do want to ask you, um, you know, I, and I guess I'm asking this as a mother of a teenage daughter, um, mm-hmm. uh, amongst the people that are calling, are, are there younger people? And I don't mean to say that, that any one issue or, or sexual assault is worse or more significant, but I am curious if, if younger people Absolutely. are calling. They are indeed. And I think, you know, that maybe because more younger people know that there's help available. Um, but absolutely, we get calls from people range of all ages um, who are concerned not only about someone that they care about, but about themselves and their own situation. So um, we get calls from uh, kids, from youth, from adults, from seniors. Really, this knows no age bounds either. And if I could just say one more thing, it would be that um, I would want uh, victims to know and survivors to know that they're not alone. Um, that the violence isn't their fault and that there are resources available to get help as well as people who have used violence. There's help there too. Um, what do you think is going to be the reaction to this vote from, from, from your perspective? This is your opinion and, and, and from where you are sitting here trying to help survivors. You know, um, my fear is that the result will be that people don't come forward because they sort of lose faith in the system and think um, that that they don't have power um, and that they won't be believed, um, or that the process of uh, being heard will be so excruciating, they'll be raked over the coals, that they decide it's not worth it. Um, that's my fear. <laughs> um, my hope, though, is that the conversation will continue and people will know that they're not alone and that there are people who are saying, um, you know, we need to make sure that services are available. Right. Um, well, listen, Jennifer Polson, um, I'm actually going to email our producer, <laughs> David uh, Josephson, because I'd like to get you on um, on another evening to, to, to talk more in depth about this because I think this is so important. And, you know, I asked about teenagers because I'm a mother of a teenager yeah. Uh, and and sixteen year old, and you try and have these conversations, and it's not easy. But I also think, um, you know, what you mentioned that it, it can happen to seniors, it can happen to anybody at any age is so important. I want to give out your number again: eight six six two two three one 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 one. And I want to continue this conversation because I think it's so important, and I certainly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. It, it is an important conversation, and I'm grateful for you for initiating it. Absolutely. Uh, Jennifer Polson, CEO of Tubman, they have been around, as I said, for many years. They are there helping so many people. We do have to take a break to get in some commercials because we do need to get into that CBS uh, special report right at uh, the bottom of the hour. So you are listening to News Radio 830 WCCO. It is 6.36 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock. want to let you know in our 8 o'clock hour, we will absolutely break down the vote on now Supreme Court Justice 
Brett Kavanaugh. He has been sworn in. He is on the Supreme Court. We will break down that vote. It happened uh, late this afternoon with Professor David Schultz, who is a constitutional law professor. We'll talk about uh, the implications for the court and also the potential ramifications for the midterm elections, which are exactly one month from today. But first, this half hour, we want to talk about a fascinating new study that I read about. And maybe because I have two teenagers, I thought, oh, my goodness, maybe this explains it all, although they are they are good kids and they do not get into a lot of trouble. But they certainly are not getting enough sleep. And, you know, it's something I worry about. It makes them crabbier, makes me crabbier. But what it shows, what the study shows is that taken to the extreme, this uh, teens not getting enough sleep can actually result in actually risky behavior. I mean, dangerous behavior, uh, tobacco use, risky sexual activity, carrying a weapon, uh, risk-taking while driving, all of those things which certainly are frightening uh, for any parent. Uh, joining us right now is Michael Howell. He is a doctor, an MD with the University of Minnesota Medical School, sleep, and he's a researcher for the sleep center there. And he's here to talk to us about this study. Uh, Dr. Howell, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for uh, asking me on. All right. Well, Dr. Howell, I don't think I know any parent of teens <laughs> or preteens, especially teens, that are not getting enough sleep. And I just, you know, you worry about it and you try and kind of set the boundaries, but you know, when it comes to battles, there's so many battles to be fought on this frontier. <laughs> and if, if, if they're, you know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I had one of my kids talking in the middle of the night to some of her friends and I was like, <laughs> went up there, she pretended to be asleep. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to push this because she's a good kid. She doesn't get in trouble, right. but you know, she's obviously not getting enough sleep. And, and I worry about that. Um, what break this down for us, and and what should parents know, and and is there anything we can do? Well, thank you for the uh, story about your uh, your daughter. I have I have three pre teenagers myself, so I'm very familiar with this. This is a sobering study. It took a look at over sixty seven thousand uh, high school students and uh, took a look at what are the behaviors that correlate. What are the what are the um, what are the sleep traits that correlate with risky behavior? Um, as you mentioned before, substance use, <clears throat> risky driving, but also things uh, such as suicide attempts, thinking about suicidality, risky sexual behavior, carrying a gun. Uh, and what they showed is they provided further evidence to what we knew already, which is uh, when you do not sleep enough, there is a clear and unmistakable risk pattern that increases the likelihood of having these sorts of, of uh, risky behaviors. Um, so it's, it is, there's almost, almost all teenagers struggle with sleep to some degree or another from, at some point. Uh, they need more sleep than, uh, adults do. And, and how it, much, how much sleep do they need? So if you're, if you're, uh, if you're 12 to 14 years old, they need about nine to 10 hours of sleep. And then, uh, w- when they're 15 to, uh, 19 years old, they need about eight to nine. And then once they get into their twenties, they start to need about, uh, eight hours of sleep, like the less, like the rest of us, which, which is worthwhile to point out that we don't get that much. Adults don't get that much sleep right. either. <laughs> right. Um, so it's it is it's sobering. It is uh, in terms of what do we, what do we tell parents uh, to give them some hope? Is that there's a lot of hope, uh, which is is that one we just need to understand what their 
uh, adolescent teenager biology is. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are night owls. They uh, they they don't go to bed later not to avoid their parents or to irritate their parents. Uh, they go to bed later because that's when their brain naturally starts to shut down, and this, of course, also then leads to tremendous struggles in the morning getting up. Right, right. But but let me ask you about this because this uh, – and, uh, you know, as I said, I don't know anybody who has a teenager who who isn't, you know, worried about this because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, a lot of them – you know, a lot of them, you know, like my kids, they, they, they do, they're involved in so much and they've got mm-hmm. so much homework and they're doing sports yeah. uh, or, or they're doing, you know, others are doing theater or, or music or, or orchestra or band and they're busy and, you know, it's difficult. But when does it, are, are there kids, for, is it the kids who are predisposed to perhaps getting in trouble that get into even worse trouble if they have less sleep or or where where does this sort of start blurring into sure. bad behavior sure well i mean most kids who who end up falling into the risky categories have other risk factors too um but i think it's worthwhile to point out that all of us all kids could benefit from sleeping better which of course which which does not necessarily just mean sleeping more um, we could help improve their natural timing of sleep. So instead of um, having trouble falling asleep at night, you can either some strategies you can employ that don't require medication that can help help teenagers fall asleep a little earlier, even if it's just 20, 30 minutes a night, that can accumulate quite a bit over time and will help them wake up a little bit better in the morning. We also need to recognize that uh, teenagers can have sleep disorders too. They can have sleep apnea, they can snore, they can have restless leg syndrome. They can have insomnia, and if you treat those conditions, you're starting to work on improving not just the quantity but also the quality of sleep as well. In terms of um, medication, obviously uh, th- there are drugs, prescription mm-hmm. drugs there. There are also some sort of homeopathic uh, mm-hmm. remedies that some people you know, swear by. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts about this, especially for kids? vast majority of, of, of people, kids and adults included, do not need sleeping pills. Um, they, what they need is, is first to have a discussion with an expert who is, who is interested in their natural circadian rhythm, trying to understand what their 24-hour body clock is. When would they naturally fall asleep, wake up? Help them identify that and then use um, circadian strategies. And what I mean by that is bright light first thing in the morning, uh, and then you can use melatonin. Melatonin is often thought of as an over-the-counter herbal supplement uh, for to help people fall asleep at night. It's really better thought of as a cue of darkness. It just reminds your brain uh, that the sun has gone down and it's time to start preparing for sleep. And taken in small doses, you don't need much. Most bottles out there are 3 milligrams, 5 milligrams, 10 milligrams. You don't need that much. Get a get a milligram and cut it in half. That's more than enough. Just a milligram, m- a milligram of me- melatonin, which is something yeah. you can get at like, you know, natural food stores and absolutely maybe even right. Walgreens. Yeah. Yep. I I use it myself, um, and and you can, but I use very small doses. You don't need that much, and don't treat it like it's an over the counter Ambien. Don't take it and with the expectation that I'm going to use this, and it's going to knock me out tonight because that's not its utility. We use it. Uh, to help just remind the body and brain that the sun has gone down and it's now time to start winding down. And so uh, you, you, I mean, you, you're, you're an MD. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you believe that this actually does work. And is oh, that... 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Esme. It, okay. it does. It's, and it's worthwhile to point out that melatonin in Canada in the European Union is prescription. I mean, it, 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 there clearly is a pharmacological wow. compound in there that is working. And, and you're saying just a, like when you go purchase melatonin, I feel like mm-hmm. I've got it somewhere in yeah. <laughs> a medicine cabinet because I've had these issues with my kids. Um, what's the average? You said just a milligram is fine, but what's the average? Are most pills more than just a milligram? Yes. Yeah, most of them are three, five, and ten. Okay. But, more, but before, before, before people go out and start taking it, it's first, the first thing is to know yourself. Know when your body's natural fall asleep time is. And if that's later than when you'd like it to be, so most, a lot of, it's not unusual for teenagers at all when you get them to discuss with you, you know, when, when they, would they naturally fall asleep if, if they didn't, you know, have any constraints on their schedule. It's not unusual for them to say, oh, I wouldn't fall asleep until one, two, three o'clock in the morning. And too often we think that there's some sort of um, personality flaw in that when actually it's just their biological rhythm. And so if that's the problem, if they're later, if they just naturally would fall asleep later and wake up later, you take a little bit of melatonin a couple hours earlier. If that's not the problem, melatonin is not going to help. And in fact, it could make the situation worse because it gets us going down the wrong direction. All right. um, we're talking with Dr. Michael Howell. He is uh, with the University of Minnesota. He's a sleep expert. We're talking about a new study that says teenagers that don't get enough sleep are more prone to risky behavior, including um, you know, sex, smoking, drugs, etc. Uh, let me ask you um, – what um what about the electronic devices that these mm-hmm. kids have because it's we've tried to restrict them mm-hmm. at my house and the problem is we have so many of them and i don't mm-hmm. think i'm i'm you know abnormal here but we've got you know the i we've got phones we've got ipads we've got tvs we've got computers and obviously kids younger and younger are are gravitate, gravitating towards these devices what impact do they have on sleep patterns well, that's they're 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 one of the large drivers of the problem. What's what's happening is is that the light from the screens, in particular, and we've even narrowed it down to the blue wavelength. There's a specific spectrum of wavelength that causes almost all of the problem. Uh, that sends a sig- that that is picked up by the retina in the eye, and it sends a signal to the brain. Uh, that the sun is still out. So if you're on if you're on your phone and and you're not blocking the blue wavelength, uh, if if it's bright, your brain even though it's ten o'clock, eleven, midnight, um, you know, and then you and then you turn it off and close your eyes, it it shouldn't be that much of a surprise that your brain is just not quite ready to fall asleep because it's been assuming that the sun is still out. So the the str- fortunately, um, iPhone, iTablets, Androids, all of these have um, blue light blocking software. I'm holding my iPhone right in front of me right now, and I can open up to the settings and go to night shift, where it will just automatically, starting at 9 o'clock at night for me, you could change it to whatever you want, uh, just starts blocking that blue wavelength uh, until morning, so that when I do look at my screen, uh, I'm not getting that signal. The other thing to do... So so you can still use the phone, but it's blocking that... particular signal? Yes, yes, okay. you can do that and it's it's I mean obviously it would be best if you didn't but as as may as you pointed out we live in the real world, right? Right. So so ex- and explain that again. So so there's yep. this blue light signal that emanates from our phone and there there's a way to block it on the settings on the phone? Absolutely. If you if just for those who have iPhones, if they just go to settings and go to the display feature under settings, there will be a there will be a button to sh- set called night shift, and they, it'll ask you, would you like to schedule this? 
and you, you, and you can just schedule to turn on at, say, 9 o'clock at night. And when it turns on, it starts blocking that blue wavelength. The other thing to do, uh, if, you are, if you, like myself and a lot of people in my family, like to stream shows on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, um, you can, it's, it's a good idea to have the room as dark as you can and then to dim the screen down as much as possible. All right, I'm going to my iPhone and I can see... <laughs> <laughs> You're Dr. Howell, this is why we have experts like yourself on. So Dr. Howell was saying if you have an iPhone, and I, I'm sorry, we, we don't know about Android settings, but if you go to um, the settings on your iPhone, you go to the display and brightness, there is a night shift. So if you're saying uh, that I, I'll set this, if I, and I'm going to go home and do this right now to my daughter's phone as soon as I get off here, yeah. um, my teenager's phone, so – Schedule it so that even if she's on her phone, she's not getting this blue light emanating into at, her, and and that will actually help her fall asleep better. It, it will. Well, it's just it's reminding her brain that the sun has gone down, and so her brain will, and body will be a little bit close. There'll be a, she'll be a little bit her, the, more ready to receive the sleep that's coming to her. On Android, it's called night mode. I'm looking at night I'm mode. At, okay. It's, yeah, it's called night mode on Android. Okay, well, I, I, I hope I'm going to go home and do this for myself and, and everybody in, in my family. But, um, and does, does that, you think that really does help? Oh, it does. It's actually, that's been demonstrated that it works. Now, wow. The, the flip side of this is to not forget about the morning. We need to get bright sunlight, bright, or, and, you know, we live in Minnesota in the, in the winter after all. Uh, we need to get bright light first thing in the morning. And if, ideally, we, we could all move to Sedona. Uh, Arizona for the next few months, but that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> no. So uh, if you if you naturally wake up and it's still dark out, which a lot of us do, uh, get yourself. And that's a light so box. hard for kids and and adults yep. as well. Yes, yeah. Get yourself a light box. This is a ten thousand lux light box. There's all sorts of them out, available on the internet. I just looked on. Um, uh, I just looked on Amazon Prime. You can buy several different units uh, for less than for less than forty dollars. We, I, I have them in my kids' room. I wake up at about six thirty in the morning. I go upstairs. I walk in their room. I say good morning, sweethearts, and then I turn on their light box. And they all go, "Hi, Dad! So so great to see you! Gosh, we're just wide awake." No, no, no. There's grumbling. There's, we love you. <laughs> there's there's a lot of grumbling, yeah. and then they and they say, "Why do I have to have a dad who's a sleep doctor?" There's a lot of that. <laughs> um, but I I go, I turn the light on, and they usually they usually then hide underneath their blankets, and I'll I'll come and you know kind of tuck them down so the so the light is actually hitting them a little bit. I'll take a shower, I'll come out, and usually within uh, you know within fifteen twenty minutes they're they're starting to wake up a little bit, and that. I mean, there's so much stress that comes from parenting, and one of those is just getting your kids up in the morning. Oh, it can be, it, yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, uh, and uh, you know, I, I've got two kids. One of them, and my daughter's been. It, it's hard, but my son was just, and he's in college now, and I'm like, I'm just praying. The grades haven't come in yet, but I'm just saying a prayer that he's sure. getting up. And he did schedule his first class at 1030 yeah. in Arizona. So I'm just going, yeah. please, dear God, get to, get to class. But sure. it, it well, is hard. Most kids, want to, most kids want to sleep better. They just don't know how. So right. use, these, use these light strategies on the, on the screens and light in the morning. Um, and then... 
recognize also it's worthwhile to just find the right motivation for people everybody's different <laughs> we can talk about we can talk about all of these risk factors you and I as may yeah. can and for some kids it's just not going to resonate with them but on the other hand if you tell them you know what you're going to score better on your SATs. You're going to be more likely to make the varsity basketball team. You'll be more likely to master the uh, piece in cello and violin you that you're go. trying to play. And you'll be more likely to get into the college you're wanting to get into. By, by just letting them know that, that sleeping better helps your brain perform better. Okay. And you, usually, That's usually great some, info. Yeah, somewhere, great. somewhere in there, there's a motivation. Oh, and also... Uh, acne. We the, the kids' acne gets better once they're sleeping better. That that would be a huge motivation. Well, listen, Dr. <laughs> Michael Howell, great information. Thank you so much because I know so many parents struggle with this. Uh, love it. Uh, really appreciate your being on with us tonight. You're very welcome. Anytime. Okay. All right, Dr. Michael Howell. There, that was really great information. Um, all right, folks, we do have to take a break. Much more ahead on News Radio eight three zero WCCO. It's Esme Murphy back on a Saturday night along with producer Jonathan Lowe. Uh, Jonathan, I feel like it's been all summer just about since I've been it on has with been you. All summer because a lot of the Twins games, it's been the last couple months because right. we had a stretch where there were a lot of Twins games during the day. Right. But uh, Saturday games, but they, the last two months they basically had evening games. So you were right. preempted then. And then you did, you'd have some vacation you needed to take. So right, I had some personal issues in, yeah. in July, but I, I mean that's going back a few months. So it's just it's great to be back on a Saturday night uh, and back here with you. And we've got a, a great show lined up. Uh, producer David Josephson has also done a great job. Um, coming up in our next hour, we are going to talk with Jim Hagedorn. He is the Republican in the first district. He's the first uh, congressional district nominee. Uh, he was one of the people that uh, President Trump came to campaign for, and we'll have him in our next hour. You're seeing News Radio 830. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 